Welcome to Spirited Shorts, a supplemental episode for all of you that can't get enough of us. It's Madeline sized. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 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 I promise I didn't shake that before I gave it to you. Such foam. (laughs) Like, it's just an IPA that's just going to get all over me, which is just adding insult to injury. Hey, what are you drinking? Oh, gulp. Gulp. From Brewdog Brewery, the Hazy Jane Mango, brewed in Ohio. Oh. Ohio. Ohio. I am not a fan of, I'm not a fan of IPAs. That one is fruity enough. And the other one that we're, we're, we're trying is the Brewdog Hellcat Iron Maiden beer. Love it. For some extra rock and roll. <laughs> uh, but it is an also an IPA, and it's going to taste like, yep, IPA. Mm, IPAs. Don't love it. Yeah, so if you like IPAs, actually, the, the Brewdog Hazy Jane Mango, that one's that one's not too bad. I, I I can I can I like a fruity beer. So I don't like any beer because it makes me vomit. Yeah, I, I understand. No, oh. <laughs> that happens. I uh, need a I need to cleanse my palate with some bourbon whiskey, which is what I'm drinking. It's yeah. Bourbon whiskey. All right, Robert, ready to talk about our July book of the month? July book of the month was Making, Making History by the incomparable, and I still love him, Stephen Fry. Oh yeah, that's okay. <laughs> which is which is which a is hint. Wh- which is where I which yes, which is which is one of my great if you caught our episode on books that broke us, I I I, I like Stephen Fry so much and I it made me feel bad because I was not a fan of this book and I'm like, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. Well, this is one of, also only his third book. It's like late nineties when it well, was released. His, have you read the mythology stuff yet? Nope. This is oh, my first book by him. the mythology stuff is so good. It's on my list. So, so uh, real quick, Making History, if you read it, I'm about to tell you more about it. If you didn't read it, I'm going to tell you more about it. So it is a classic trope. It's an alternative history timeline in which Hitler never existed because there is a scientist who's basically in his midlife crisis in the like his late 20s, he's kind of the worst, goes back in history and figures out a way, well, he doesn't go back. He sends something back. And figure out as a way to basically make, not kill Hitler, which is really interesting because that's a trope that happens a lot. If people try to kill Hitler, he makes Hitler's father infertile. And so. He, t- he sends back a contraceptive. Basically. So, yeah. uh, and then of course, he wakes up from this chaos and everything goes poorly. There's a worse version of Hitler. There's a worse version of America and things are terrible. Uh, and so then he tries to go back and reverse it and he's able to do it. And it actually, it's like a happy, weirdly romantic ending, which is very interesting. Uh, so let's, uh, talk about just like a general overview. So I already talked about how there's the trope about going back in history. Um, one of the things I thought was really interesting, this is not a pro or a con. I have pros and cons already lined up for later, but an interesting point I thought that I, um, that he, the person that replaced Hitler, I can't remember names because this we read. Loader. Yes, thank you. You have characters up. I love that. He approached this idea of what if Hitler was more charismatic and more patient? Because one of the things that that historians who review the Hitler era talk about is if Hitler had actually utilized Jews better, as in like Jew, Jewish scientists and Jewish doctors and all the knowledge they had 
he would have been able to take over the world. And so that was the whole point of once they get rid of Hitler and they come back in this alternative history, Glotter is the worst version of Hitler because he's more charismatic, he's more patient, and he utilizes these Jewish, like, their knowledge and is able to create the atom bomb before. Is Glotter like Hitler? Is he part... Do they have does does he write him as being part Jewish? Mm, I don't believe so. I don't remember. He's very much like the blonde hair, yeah. blue eyed. Like, oh, like so he's the Aryan version he of is. Hitler, so, and he's yeah. very charming. He's like whereas Hitler was kind of socially awkward. Glotter is like very charming. People loved him. He had Jews on his side for a lot of his reign. Like he had like the Jews that he had with him. Uh, developed the atomic bomb and developed all this stuff. And so he, his reign lasts much longer before people start realizing, oh, shit. Because that's when then he gets in, like, talks. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but he gets in talks with America and he um, takes down... I Doesn't he... he takes, well, they because of the... Because of oh, the he eliminates speed, Moscow and Leningrad. Yeah, because of the speed with which he develops his, his technology... The Cold War is between the United States and Nazi Germany, and there's never been a war. There was never a war with Japan. Right. Like, we never fought the Pacific Front because right. of how everything moved. And so then basically what happens then is that the current time period that they're in, which is like the late 90s, I believe, is the current era. Homosexuality is completely, not even just outlawed, it's not even talked about. You can't even talk about it. Um, America is with the, you know, German Reich. All the Jews have been sent to a Jewish free state and have never been heard from again. Um, so it just... You- Except for his, you know, Professor Zuckerman, one of the main characters, is a Jewish professor. Well, not in the alternative history. Oh, yes. I, oh, yes. In the after... Yes. Okay, well, because sorry. in the alternative... Well, yeah. Because you remember the whole... There was that whole subplot where the Jewish professor, his father was a German officer. Uh-huh. And so he wasn't actually Jewish. They sure. pretended he pretended to be Jewish. Right. So in the oh, yeah. in the Leo original is version, Axel Bauer, yeah, okay. yeah. In the original version, he pretended to be Jewish to get to America after, sure. like, when basically his father was like, "Hey, we're the German Reich is falling. We need to send you and your mom to America." And then he pretends to be Jewish to, you know, and then that's like his great guilt. So, um, so that's an interesting point. I thought another interesting point was that Fry's, some of his family actually died in Auschwitz. So this is a very close story to him sure. about what, you know, what could have been done to prevent it or to change it. Sure. I thought that was really interesting. And then, yeah, I have a couple like plot mechanics that I really liked that he did. But um, do you want to talk about some of your cons first? Well, well, how about I was going to say, keep keep with the things you like. What? kept you going through the story like what are the what are the hooks that kept yes. pulling you back in so well first i'd like to touch on how i think i think i told you this a couple weeks ago that i think how we responded to this book points perfectly to our personalities where i it takes a lot more for me to be distrusting of someone whereas you if like something like with a book or with a person if something bad happens you're like nope don't like it don't trust it and then you're kind of like i'm good i'm done you know what i mean okay does that make sense so for you because there were significant issues with the writing and with the characters in that first half of the book. I agree completely sure. with what you had to. Well, and for me, that was also, I, I don't have time. I, I There's sure. other things I, I could slash need to be doing. And so for want me, to be doing. I err on the side yeah. of like, oh, well, I'm already committed. I'm yeah. just going to keep going. 
And then the last quarter of the book really like revived the book for me, which I know is not, you shouldn't have to rely on the last quarter of a book to revive a book, but it did it for me. It worked for me. So I think that is different. The differences in our personalities where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to hang on a little bit longer. And you're like, no, fuck that. I'm done. You know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. There's, it's just one of those things where it was, I don't know. I also don't think it was the right time for you because you were already kind of in a baby reading slump a tiny bit. And so then to introduce this book that had some serious issues in the first half. Yeah, because I had to go back into like the horror. I read like six, you know, pulpy sci-fi books to recover. And then you seriously like fast. And then after that, you like hadn't read in like a week. You're like, I I need a recovery period from reading because, yeah. And especially because you you are so loyal to Stephen Fry too. I think you had really high expectations, which well, is fine. I know, I know, I know the the quality of the work he did with his yeah. mythology stuff. Yeah. So we'll talk about cons in a second. So one of the things I really liked that he did well was that World War One scene. I don't know if you remember, but in the first half of the book, it's when they're in. It's World War One. Hitler is on the front lines in the um, like trenches, and he goes out and he sees somebody who's gotten stuck in no man's land do you remember that scene a little bit okay so that happens he saves this guy great then in the second part of the book when they reversed history they re they, he goes back to that scene and he plays it out again but without hitler and immediately the reader because how like the how everybody responds to hitler saving this guy they're like okay why are you stupid why did you go out there you know what i mean right but then how they respond to when glotter does it it's like you're a hero oh my gosh this is amazing and I feel like the reader immediately is like, oh, shit, we changed history. Hitler's gone. At first, when when he tells the World War One scene again without Hitler, the reader's response is, okay, great, no Hitler. But then you start seeing how Glotter, Glotter responds, and he's really terrible immediately. Like, you get these side narratives and side stories from him in the in the ranks with the other men, and, yes. his, and he's terrible immediately. Yeah. Um, but I th- I thought that was really inter- interesting that use of the same scene happening the same almost exact way, but with two different people. So I thought that was okay. really interesting. I like that. And then, so this is like how the how the book ends. So, I mean, this is all spoilers, but. It was book of the month. Yeah, book of the month. We already talked about it. I mean, if you didn't it. read it, don't listen to it. And li- wait, if you haven't read it yet and you plan to, don't listen to it yet. Right. This is for all the people that finished it or <laughs> did whatever I did. Yeah. And skimmed a little bit. Yeah. That's fine. There's no shame in that. It's yeah. okay. Um, so basically, so they send the contraceptive back and what they do is they drop it in a well on a one side of a street, this well, uh-huh. this well waters <laughs> one side of the street in, uh, oh, history time. Well, Where not, was Hitler's born? Well, it's in, well, it, the, 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 the significance is that they drop it in the well at Bernal. Right. Where um, Hitler was conceived. Yes. So. Which is up in, in Bavaria. Right. So there are several women on this side of the street who are like, we can't have kids anymore. So this happens in the alternative history. We can't have kids anymore. What's happening? And of course, that time and that era, it's all the women assume it's their issue. That's something wrong with them. So they're going to this town doctor and the town doctor is saying there can't be this many infertile women or this many women who are... Well, I mean, they didn't know what menopause was in this time, but regardless, this town doctor uh, goes and he actually gets the well tested, which is way above his time because this would have been what, like early 1900s? Because this yeah. would have been right before Hitler was born or right, right after he should have been born yeah. in the alternative history. 
So he tests the well, finds the uh, that there is some sort of contraceptive, I guess. Yeah, I, I did. I remember seeing a lot of there was a lot of comments about people going that he couldn't have done that. No, but it's a novel. No, yeah. So he finds that, and then he basically gives it to Glotter, and that's what how, what Glotter uses. So he sends all these Jews to the Free State, infects all their water with this way above its time contraceptive and eradicates the Jewish race using this. Sure. So I really liked that throwback to the fact that these men, uh, what's his name? I, Michael and Axel Leo, yeah. the professor and the main character, Michael, they, they send this contraceptive back and then realize they're the reason the entire Jewish race is not eradicated. Not just, sure. I mean, obviously millions and millions is terrible. That's terrible. But them sending back this contraceptive that infected the water eradicated the entire Jewish race. So I thought that was really interesting uh, because obviously I caught, I like I called the plot twist about it not going well. It's that, it's that hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. It's that whole yeah, trope. You go back in time and things go bad. Yeah. yeah. I called that true. That yeah. sure that was gonna happen. Time like, travel is always. Yes, yeah. I liked how it was. Not just things went bad because Glotter was more charismatic and more patient than Hitler, but he also used the thing that they used to get rid of Hitler, and I thought that right. was so interesting. So, those were some pros. Uh, let's talk about some cons. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think I rated this a three point five, and you rated it like a two. Yeah, because I I. I might have rated it a four just for the ending. I rated I it a two because I know that it has merit. I just couldn't find it. That's fine. Um, so, some cons. Well. You give one. I'll, we'll just go back and forth. So, like like we've talked about before, if if I if I can't find the story 10 to 20 pages in, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm going to move on because yeah. I I need to spend my time wisely i try to you mm-hmm. know i'm not just going to go for it i because we did this as book of the month i remember and i think i texted you i'm like i'm on page 55 i found one thing that interested me the first what was that like 25 pages that was just it was just this rambling dialogue and then he got in a weird fight with his girlfriend yeah this, and it and, had and no- like so like within the first 10 pages i didn't care because and i guess this is maybe maybe it's maybe it's my fault for reading the back because i read the back of the book and went this sounds awesome. Sure. And then I started reading the book going, I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit about him waking up in the morning and eating breakfast and having a fight with his girlfriend. Yeah. Like, that's not what I'm here for. And he does the thing, he does that late 90s rapid, not even rapid fire, that rambling dialogue thing where there's no attributions. It's just quotes upon quotes. We need to figure out who's saying what to who. Mm. It's that like witty British humor that did not translate well. Well, it's not even, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, um, you can tell that he's an improvisational actor mm-hmm. that is a very, he's very sharp. He's very fast. It did not translate well to me. I did not find it engaging no. at all. I found it boring because i didn't because you he launches in now if this was a movie and i was watching like a long like a tracking shot of him having an argument uh walking through princeton that'd be one thing but in a book it didn't for for a for for me to for me to get into a novel and spend the time reading it i i need to care pretty quick well and i think um that that points to one of my 
cons that there, there were lots of boring stretches where nothing happened. Oh, yeah. And especially, I think, I don't know if you got to this point or you processed the point when he had the screenplays inserted in. He had several times where oh, I saw those, it was yes. like, Michael is now a screenplay. I, 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 and I, I read the first one. It. And then I didn't read any. I skipped the rest of them. Yeah, because they had they literally contributed zero, almost zero to the plot. And I think it really, without pooping on Stephen Fry and what his family went through, I think this was like a running dialogue that Stephen Fry had in his brain. If I could go back, me Stephen Fry could go back and fix things. It was it. It just felt like which is it felt like this random journal moment. Which is one of those things where, like, to me, thinking I want to write a story about if I could go and and make something different and make a difference. That's legit. I just don't think he did it well. No, I mean especially especially that first half they were super one-dimensional characters except for the professor. I liked his character and I liked the I had never heard that side of uh German history where I guess this is a thing that happened a lot where once the German officers knew things were going downhill, they warned their family and their family Oh yeah immigrated with jewish people and pretended there's, to be jewish there's a very that that part of german history is interesting whenever whenever there became the german people and the nazi party they they, yeah. it, they they actually kind of became two separate entities there there was the there was the realization of we are not the good guys and no well the thing even more startling about this is it's like not only are we not the good guys we are actively the bad guys like this oh, yeah. this the husband was one of the main German officers. Like, the, Leo, the professor's father, was one of And so right. him battling his guilt and processing that was very interesting. And and that the reveal of that didn't happen until, like, over halfway through the book, almost, I feel like, where you thought that it, Leo, the professor, was trying to go back in time to save his family from Auschwitz, but actually he was trying to right his yeah. father's wrong. So that was really interesting. Um, but otherwise, all the characters were super one-dimensional. Like, the main character was going through this weird midlife crisis yep. that was not midlife, and he was just douchey and well, annoying. And, I mean, and I'm like, I've read, I've read characters in an academic slump before that have been so good. I mean, not to, not to play super favorites, but I mean, if you want to read a character going through an academic slump, start the historian. Yeah. And, and have, the ma- have the narrator's dad talking about, he's like, I got to write this real boring essay mm-hmm. or a real boring thesis. I don't want to. And there's nothing that I hate more than a man-child, honestly. Sure. And he is just so bratty when his girlfriend leaves him for absolutely valid reasons. He's like, oh, my bitchy girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And it's, I'm just so over it. And he, and he, doesn't, he doesn't have any redeeming qualities because you think, okay, he's going to save the Jewish race. That's redeeming quality. No, he fucks that up. And then, I don't know if you got to this point in the story, so he goes the alternative history. He meets a, a young man, and that's when the whole mm-hmm. like homosexuality thing is not talked about, and they fall in love. So random. I, sure. All of a sudden, he's gay or queer, which is fine, but it was not hinted at. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, he's queer for the sake of the fact that we need to make sure that people know homosexuality is illegal in the United States at this point. So why are you all of a sudden making his storyline queer when he... The whole first half of the story was him bitching about his girlfriend that right. left him, and no hint sure. at him being bisexual. The big thing that really came through to me in this was started reading it. I was not interested. No, I remember texting you, and I just I couldn't find the text because we text a lot. So mm-hmm. I know it was somewhere in like it was in the fifties, and I hit a point that had to do with maybe Hitler as a child. 
something like that. And I went, and you were oh. like, I want to read that. And I was like, this is interesting. Yeah. Okay, I'm back in. And then I fell back out again. And what I usually do is something like this happens, and I'm and there's a reason I'm not abandoning the story. I will just pick up the speed and almost mm-hmm. speed read skim. And then usually, like dragging an anchor across ocean floor, something will grab it, and I'll be like, oh, I'm back in the story. Never happened. Yeah. I was reading, and I, all of a sudden I realized I'm way in. And I went, at one point, I went and I pulled up a, like a synopsis of the story. You're like, and, what am I missing? Well, no, it was like, this ha- like a, a, this happens with the contraception. I went, I don't even I don't even see that. Or whenever they go into the alternate timeline and come out, I'm like, I don't even remember. I didn't even know there was, like, I don't recall any of this happening yeah. because I could not get into the story. Yeah. At all. That really, really and then And then I felt like an idiot because I was looking up other things about the book. And man, people liked it. People really liked it. And, and again, I like just I, wasn't. I don't know. I think. I think the last quarter really redeemed the book because there wasn't a lot. And the Leo character redeemed it. The And I know I read a few pages towards the end, but I just. I was just. I was actually. I was getting just. I was just frustrated. I knew you were frustrated. Yeah. That and was, it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm kind of touching the pages because I have to get through this somehow. And so. I think that's important to like give yourself some grace and recognize that that reading is supposed to be a hobby and for enjoyment. There mm-hmm. is no, you know, this is not your job. This is not for a grade at this point. So I I think yeah. it's okay to recognize this was not a book for you, especially not a book for you right now. I don't think you'll ever reread it, but like it's it's just okay to say this was. And there's, I think what's hard about it, and maybe what some of the pressure you're putting on yourself is because it deals with such a tough subject matter that maybe you thought, okay, I should. It's the same thing we were talking when we were talking in the Pulitzer Prize episode. Well, I think, I think it's because I was expecting what I know and love about Stephen Fry to show up in this book, and it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. It. Somebody <sighs> described the book as a romp, and I was like, this is not a romp. It's frustrating. Uh, I think people who like that man-child annoying lead probably loved it that's probably the people that loved this book is because and honestly here's the thing Stephen fry is tiny like based i don't know him personally i haven't seen him do a ton of like personal interviews based off the characters he's played in tv and movies he kind of plays like this kind of plays a little bit of a man child sometimes too well, yeah, like if you watch, if you, well, not so much in Fry and Laurie, whenever him and Hugh Laurie would do their thing, their little improv sketches. But yeah, like when he's, well, Mycroft Holmes, that was, that was great. But yes, like him in The Hobbit is rough, but uh, I don't know. I think he's, I don't know. Maybe not like a man child, but like that, like super sarcastic. Oh yeah, definitely. Witty British humor so, that's like sometimes translates great and sometimes it doesn't. I would watch the hell out of this if it was a movie. Yes. Or if it was like a 10 episode series i'm sure i would watch it and go that's interesting yeah because i do think it would translate and i think because i could based off how he inserted like basically forced this screenplay sections into the book i think he really did want this because i feel like so that first big long stupid dialogue thing i could not get into it but i know that if you probably handed it to the right actors and the right directors Mm -hmm. and to have a like a long sort of follow tracking shot across the Princeton campus yeah. with this happening probably would be freaking hilarious. That right. would probably be a fascinating conversation. And it probably would have taken less than half the time to act it out than to read it off the page. Oh my gosh, because it really was like 20 pages. Because yeah. if you had translated that probably into like, so 
if Making History was a movie, that first chunk that I would have abandoned as a novel, that would have been the first reel. That would have been the first 10 minutes, and then you're fully into the story, because yep. otherwise it wouldn't get made. And I think and it so would have been more... I would so have... I would so watch this as a movie. I don't... I did the book. No. Yeah. I just think that the characters would have come across so much more endearing and charming on a TV show than yeah. for the movie, because care about some of these characters yeah. well and i feel like that i think one of the very first things i noticed i was like oh he's still we're, we're still getting the actor stephen fry trying his hand at novel writing whereas like uh-huh. when you get to the mythology stuff you realize how he's he's sort Maybe of he... detached himself from one of his he's taken one hat off and put the other hat yes. on and he's leaving he you could definitely tell he's like i would like this banter in one of my tv shows yes. and it's like blah but and that's the thing because like I love watching him and Hugh Laurie do their thing that they yeah. do and it's wonderful and hilarious. I I just the book just it and I I don't know I I I read so much World War II stuff and I I care about that time period and I I value the sacrifices made by the Allied powers. I understand that I don't understand. I can't understand the Jewish experience, but it 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 hurts to read about it. But it should be revered i just don't think it was there no and a lot of people actually the, a lot of the negatives review had issues with it being disrespectful almost and insensitive to uh like the fact that the whole idea of the alternative history was that it was a worse and it's like there is nothing worse than hitler and there's nothing worse than what the jewish people went through sure but i'm sure there could have been you know i mean it could i guess it could always get worse i mean sure. that's the thing you but a lot of people yeah. like that's so like, insensitive. I understood. To even... I understood the theory that trying to change it does. Like, yeah, you think you're going to go change history, but you're not going to make it better. Yeah, you're going to screw it up. Like the chances of you, a human, and making this better is slim to none. Yeah. So, like, I get that, but I didn't find it in an engaging way presented to me in the story. No, and I liked the idea of like eliminating Hitler did not eliminate the problem. The social mm-hmm. problems at the time were still there with or without Hitler, and so that was very interesting. But there were there were lots of issues. I think that because this is one of his first books, this is like late nineteen nineties. He needed a better editor. He probably didn't have a good editor. Like probably not. It there could was probably have a lot of self publication going on. It could on. have used a lot, a lot, a lot and of I, editing. And I will, I guess, final thought for me: the linchpin, which I think we'll see nicely into next month, when I was struggling to finish this and getting upset and tired of it and just annoyed, we had decided on. And gotten a hold of, and I had started looking at Women or Dragons, uh-huh. which is an alternate history that I finally, towards the, I noticed a few problems, not sure. not like problems in the in the historical context of things, but problems in just some of the some, some of, of the, the writing. Yes, There's some, some of some of the devices and ta- and so the, some of her tactics. But reading the first ten pages of When Women or Dragons was like, I'm hooked. Oh, what is this I'm reading? This is fantastic. So yeah, here's the uh, uh, my final point, I guess, on that would be that I started making history when we were on vacation and we had so, I mean, we were like in the mountains reading. I had so much downtime. I was able to hyper-focus and like forgive a lot of the issues because I was able to just kind of power through because I okay. didn't have anything else distracting me. Good time for that because I probably right. would have had the same issues if I was reading Making History in the middle of a 60-hour work week. And, and, and of course... See, where I get real jealous of you is if I was up in the mountains and there was beauty and I started reading that book, I'm like, I'm not wasting my time in the beautiful mountains reading this book. Well, the thing is, is that I'm a very, like, I'm a fast reader. So I, I was able to get through those first 150 pages of issues in, like, one quick lunch sitting. Sure. You know what I mean? So powered through that, no problem. 
when the comparison of when women were dragons, I started that book like three drinks in. I was tipsy. I was at a very loud bar and I still was able to hyper focus. Do you remember this, Chase? We got this book and I immediately was like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. And he said, do you want to go somewhere else? I said, no, I got it. I got to keep going. So I would not have been able. I was lucky where I read Making History and and the the mindset I was in because I had turned my phone off. I had turned. I mean, I was like, I'm going to relax. I had I had when I started it, I was. I made I carved out some time, got my little whiskey, and I was sitting in the, our little recliners whiskey. in our front window. Mm-hmm. I was I sat down, got comfortable, started reading it. I'm like, this is gonna be great. And I think again, I think I just maybe built it up. I was like, this is great. I'm gonna read a Stephen Fry novel. This is gonna be awesome. Well, there was so and much I for just, it that, and I just and I got going, and I think I remember I was maybe I read like maybe I went like 25 pages, and I went, I'm not enjoying this at all. Maybe it's me. And I put a bookmark in it and grabbed something else and switched over to just something fun. And then you were able to finish like three books in the time that it took you to even get. <laughs> yeah. And I grabbed something else. And it wasn't even, but it wasn't like, like I looked over and like where the bookshelf is next to the recliner, there's just a bunch of Amy and I's favorite series and things. I just grabbed something and started reading it. And yeah. it's like, and I was totally engrossed. And so then like, I was oh, this going, is how reading actually is supposed yeah, to and be. And I was like, maybe it's not me, but it just, it's just one of those books like, I think the whole and the other thing that hurt me was the whole time I was reading it, I felt bad because I was like, I'm not, I'm not. I, I was like, I feel dumb. I'm not appreciating this for what it should be. But then I just got frustrated. Yeah. So move forward. No, that's right. Move forward. And I think, like you said, you put a lot of pressure on yourself because it's an era that you like. It's an idea that you like. It's an author you like. It's if we weren't doing this, I would have just been like, you know what? I'm not gonna finish. I'm we're good. I'm that's gonna fine. just move on. I think that's absolutely yeah. that's great. I'm glad you finished it with me because I this is one of our first book of the month that we both didn't love and we didn't really agree on necessarily. Yeah. I liked it more than you. I read a lot but, less of it than you did. Yeah, and I see. <laughs> like, like I, I went a, through it, uh, but I there was a lot of skimming. There was a lot of reading some first and last yeah. sentences of paragraphs. Totally, it's totally okay. Not yeah. every book is going to be a five star read. Not That's every big... book is. Not every book is by Sylvia. <laughs> yeah. So although I will say, I finished Velvet Was the Night. It was good. It was just okay, and so were the beautiful ones. I read two books from mm-hmm. her almost back to back, and they were both. And here's the thing: neither of those were fantastical or sci fi. Sure. They were. Straight laced. Yeah. Well, I have, and I have both of those that I will be reading at some point. Daughter, well, I'm going to, her, she's in the I'll read whatever she writes list. That's why I've got Daughter of Dr. Moreau. I really am, I really want to read God's, uh, Gods of Jade and Shadow. That was supposed to be one of her best ones. That's, I just that's the one, that one that, that's the one that I remember. I think that was when I looked at the back and I saw the word telekinesis and went, really? <laughs> well, and here's the, the thing about her books is they're so striking. They're so. Gorgeous. I mean, Gods of Jade and Shadow is one of the most beautiful covers. It's like I just want to hold that book. Yeah. Like I got it in digital, and I I'm like I have to physically have this book because it's so beautiful. Um, Daughter of Doctor Moreau. It's so pretty. It's Mexican gorgeous. Gothic. That's it's why I gorgeous. It. Yeah. That's why I picked it up the first time. Velvet was a night with that like sexy '70s yeah. like smoking. It's like hell yes, absolutely. So it, Velvet was a night was good. I think you'll like it a lot, but it was a four star for me. Yeah, so. that's fine. I don't mind a four star. Yep, absolutely. You know? And I honestly don't mind a, a three star. I think that's okay because that is above average. Three stars. Yeah, we with that. Hey, refer back to our episode on how we rate our Goodreads. Oh, I'm already getting stressed. Just even like referencing yeah. how we write books because I feel feel guilty. Anyway. Okay, or then follow our blog where we have our arbitrary drink rating. Yeah. Whiskeys and whiskeys I feel better when I get glasses. to put a wine glass or a whiskey yeah. glass on it. So. so yeah. And as as we like to do here at Spirited Reads, we we either start or end an episode with Sylvia. 
She's Hello. she's just here. She was recently. She was. We followed back, her on Instagram and Graham, and I'm just like shooting my yeah. shot. I'm gonna oh. totally tag her in something. Back uh, back in the summertime when Doctor Daughter Doctor Moore came out, she was she did a she did a book signing at the Dallas Museum of Art, and I was so close to calling my parents and going, "Hey, I know. I think guys, I texted you and was like, "Hey, do you want to run? You trip? guys like run downtown and just either take the train or just drive downtown for me real quick and just." If deliver she comes a close at all. sappy message and <laughs> maybe get me an autograph on a book that you might find re- repulsive, but you know, um, if if she comes close at all, I thought about I actually whenever she posted that Dallas Museum of Art thing because I've been there so many times on so many class trips and so many things growing up. I would I almost I almost on the Instagram was like, hey, what, 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 what can we do to get you up here, at Kansas City? Hello, we yeah. will host you at our cafe. Anyway. Uh, so making history, July book of the month. For August, we're reading When Women Were Dragons. Yes. And then for September, which I haven't started this yet, but we're reading Black Leopard, Red Wolf. Which is the start of a, sil- uh, which is the start of a trilogy, of which mm-hmm. two books are out. Yes, yes. Um, so I've heard it's kind of rough. I've heard, I've heard a lot of... I, when the, the like first, rough as in content, not bad. Yes, right? well, the like, first thing I heard was Game of Thrones set in Africa. Okay. And went, okay. Yeah, and then I think somewhere this year, we're going to try to read The City We Became, which I really want to read. Um, I think it's towards the end of the year, but um, I'm I'm resisting watching the show on HBO. Um, so yes, making history. I hoped you like it better than I did, but if you didn't, that's, oh, okay. that's fine too. That's fine too. Uh, we will be chatting next the next week about something. <laughs> yes, and we'll come up with something really yes. cool to talk about. We're, we're going to talk about the books we read, the books we want to read, and the ways our lives are shaped by reading on Spirited Reads, and we'll be drinking. Beautimus. This has been Spirited Reads. We thank you for joining us. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Additionally, keep track of the podcast and join the conversation at spiritedreads.com by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and by joining our Goodreads page by searching spiritedreadspodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, we're on Patreon. Keep reading and we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you.